Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. All right. Hey, how about you high five somebody next to you and say, Jesus is going to build his church. Go ahead. Let everybody know in this place that Jesus is going to build his church Well, first of all, I just want to just tell you guys, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that you're here, and I want to welcome everybody that's watching in online and listening on the podcast. Just so you know, we have hundreds of people that watch online and listen to the podcast throughout the week. Like, you may, ministry happens in here, but I'm just telling you what you, because of your generosity, it gets to go out on the airwaves and people driving down the road, and I'm just so grateful for a church that's generous enough to say, you know what, we're going to do whatever we can to get it out there, uh, the gospel to as many people as possible. Can we put our hands together and welcome everybody in online and on podcast. I love that. And we'll just tell you it's better in the room, right? Come on, somebody. It's better. Just come on in person. It's good in the room. Feels good in here. I'm really grateful for you. If I've never met you, uh, I just get the opportunity to lead here at Purpose Church. My name is Dustin and my wife Allie was up here just a few minutes ago and our four kids, uh, we get the chance just to lead at Purpose Church and we are grateful that you're here. And again, you picked a great Sunday to be here. It's the last Sunday of our series called Built to Last. Somebody shout Built to last. All right, and I need your help today. I need to, I, I need some, I, I've been an emotional wreck all day long, so if I cry 48 times in the service, it's going to be all right, all right, but I just need y'all to talk to me a little bit today. Uh, I feel like God is going to do something special in this place today. Does anybody else believe that? I believe that with all my heart, and I believe that you're here for a reason, and uh, I'll just tell you again, today is our, our last day of our series, but it's also our Legacy Offering Sunday, and again, hopefully you've been asking God. I'm never going to ask you to give. I'm going to ask you to ask God what you should give. Hopefully you've come prepared for that. That's going to happen. And at the end of service, we're going to take it up just like we do with our tithes and offerings. But, man, we're just going to be believing that God is going to take this above and beyond offering. Because, again, we have a facility that is ours that's not a middle school, and that's coming this fall. Come on, somebody. That's good news, for, especially for our load-in, load-out team, kids' team in hallways and everything back in the back. No, 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 not anymore. We got our own place, praise God. I'm excited about that. And today what that's going to do is just advance that vision of actually completing it debt-free where we don't have to do anything and do it like we want to do it. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, and so that's happening today at the end of service. It's going to be a great time just to be able to bring that before the Lord and just offer that to him. And so, again, I'm so excited that you're here. I want to start off, I, I, I do it every week, but I'm going to have you, if you can, stand to your feet, and we're going to read uh, from God's Word. I just think there's something honorable about reading God's Word as we stand together. I know it's kind of like Catholic Church today. We up and down, but that's okay. We're going to have some church, and I love my Catholic brothers and sisters, too. Uh, But let me tell you, this is where we're at, and we're finishing up. I'm going to finish this series where we started in Nehemiah chapter 6. And so this is what the Bible tells us. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. I love it. Here's what he says. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 6, we're going to read the first three verses, and that's all, and then we'll walk through it together. Samballot, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, uh, and the rest of uh, our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained. Though we had not set up the doors in the gates. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me, excuse me, to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Oh no. Somebody say, Oh no. 
if somebody asks you to meet them in a place called Ono, you don't meet them in a place called Ono, okay? Uh, in the plain of Ono, but I realized that they were plotting to harm me. So I replied, watch what Nehemiah replied. So I replied, uh, uh, let's see where we're at. I replied by sending this message to them. Watch what he says. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Another version says I can't come down because I'm building something great. I love that. Why should I stop working to come and meet you? And so we're going to talk about this today. This is the title of today's message. I want you to tap your neighbor and say this, I can't come down. I can't come down. Tap your other neighbor that you picked second and say, I still love you, even though I picked you second, but I can't come down. Somebody shout, I can't come down. I like that. I like that. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to dive in even further. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for our time. We get to lift you up and worship you. We honor you. We love you, King Jesus, and it's in your name that we pray, and everybody say it. Amen, amen, amen. You can have a seat. And while you're doing that, I just want to, uh, if you love Jesus in this house, can we make a little bit of noise all over this place for Jesus? I love that. I love that. Again, church is going to be a whole lot more like a, a, a party than it is a funeral at Purpose Church because we serve a risen Savior. And so we'll talk about him towards the end of today and just really point it all to Jesus. And so I got a quick question to ask you really fast. How many of you are distracted drivers? Just go ahead. We in church, you can be real honest. Come on, wave at me right now. All right, park team, take note. Everybody's got their hands up because they're coming in 45 miles an hour in the parking lot and they're going to hit all the cones and kill our park team. Don't be doing that, right? Let's be honest. I think some of us, it's not good, um, but let's be real. I think we can be distracted from time to time while we're driving. Anybody been on a road trip, and yeah, you're trying to listen to the GPS, but then you're also trying to fidget with your radio, and then you're trying to slap kids in the back like, hush, or here, take this, take this sucker, so it'd keep you quiet for a few minutes, and all this, just me? Okay. Uh, so, so I don't know if you've done that, and then what happens is, as you're distracted with all those things, you know what happens? Anybody ever missed a turn? Come on, somebody, right? And it does that little U-turn thing, and you're like, I can't turn around anywhere. You know, like there's no good place. Come on, let's just be real. How many of us have done that before? I, I think we all can agree. I think we all can relate that there's been times in our life where we've been distracted, even while we're driving. But even more so than that, I think what can happen so many times is that we can get distracted, and it can lead us to a place that we were never meant to go. Right? I think that's something that happens. It can happen in a car, and I believe it also can happen in life. In that you and I, we can get distracted from the thing that God had called us to, and it can lead us to a place in life that we were never intended to go. And I think we see that in what we're about to see in just a few minutes. As we just read Nehemiah chapter 6. And not, let me just catch you up of where we are with this guy named Nehemiah. Somebody shout Nehemiah. All right, so Nehemiah is an Old Testament story. It's a man that lived in the Older Testament. And what happened was is Nehemiah is a cupbearer. He's just an ordinary dude. He's got an ordinary job, doesn't really like the job. That, I mean, likes the job that he's in. But guess what? He is supposed to taste the wine and the bread of the king before the king eats it to make sure that it is not poisoned. That's a bad job. Come on, can we all agree? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on. That's a bad job, right? I don't like that. Don't really think that's a great job. But he's doing it, and he's doing it with honor. He gains favor with the king of Persia. His name is King Artaxerxes, or what we've called him over the last couple of weeks is King X, right? 
King Artaxerxes, and, and what happens is that Nehemiah hears about a problem with God's people and God's city, and, and it's a thousand miles from where he's serving at right now, and it breaks his heart. Like his heart is broken for the things of God, that, that the walls are broken down in Jerusalem, and there's no way that they'll ever be able to be a thriving city, ever be able to do something that makes a real impact with their walls broken down, because all of, all of their protection is gone, their, their infrastructure on the inside would just be overtaken by people that would come in, and so it breaks Nehemiah's heart to hear that something's going on with God's people. And so what does Nehemiah do? Nehemiah travels a thousand miles back home, and again, I want to challenge us, that doesn't sound like a whole lot to us, because we can hop on a plane and be there in the same day, right? No big deal. This is a thousand miles from home uh, that, that they didn't have no transportation other than a donkey, okay, or a horse, or a camel. Come on, you ride a camel for a thousand miles, that ain't comfortable. Come on, somebody, right? Just a bad, but, but I want you to understand that that's how deep of a conviction he had for the things of God. That's the, how, how deep of a conviction. He knew he was called to make a difference. So Nehemiah travels back home, and Nehemiah, again, just an ordinary guy, rounds up some incredible people, but they're just everyday people, ordinary people, families, and he decides that he's going to rebuild the wall and reestablish what God had put on the inside of him and for the people of God. And so I think that's kind of, that catches us all up until we get to last week, and then we found out that when the work starts to go down, we talked about the haters start showing up. Y'all remember that? Right? And I don't know if you've ever uh, done something for God in your life, like you've you stepped out in faith, but what happens is so many times is that when you step out, does it not seem that somebody else steps up in front of you? Or something happens in front of you. We talked about it last week, how, you know, you want to pay off debt. Guess what? You know, you're trying to take a step, or you feel like what God is calling you to do, and you're following the biblical scholar, Dave Ramsey, okay, right? Uh, he's not a biblical scholar, just so everybody knows. But but you're following that, and, and next thing you know is something breaks, right? And you're like, oh my goodness, I just started this. Uh, or maybe you're trying to really get your life back in order, uh, or, or you're really trying to diet or whatever, and they show up at the, at the office with all kinds of donuts the next day. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you're trying to just really focus in on God, and the next thing you know is something can happen, and what can happen is they, uh, the enemy wants to try to destroy you. But it, again, I want to challenge all of us is that the fact that, hey, if he can't destroy you, he wants to try to distract you. I want you to write that down, is that if the enemy cannot destroy you, which what we talked about last Last week is that, hey, the enemy was trying to come after uh, uh, Nehemiah, and they couldn't destroy him, so now what we see is that they're trying to distract him. So what I want you to write down is that if the enemy can't destroy you, he's going to try and distract you. He's going to try and take your eyes, take your focus off of the very mission, off of the calling, off of the purpose, and distract you from what God is calling you to do. And that's what happens in our story. We see that, that the wall starts to be built in Samballat, Tobiah, and a dude named Geshem, they show up and they try to distract Nehemiah off of the job. And we just read that, Samballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the rest of the enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained, and though he had not yet set the doors and the gates. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message to me asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Oh No. Again, somebody shout, Oh No. 
All right, you need to get that in your vocabulary. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes, right? But I realized that they were plotting to harm me. See, you got to understand something about Nehemiah. Nehemiah could have seen this as an opportunity for him to go and kind of maybe maybe talk with his friend or the, his enemies, try and work something out, try to convert them into liking him, try to explain a little bit of what's going on, why he's doing what he's doing. Like he could have tried to meet with his enemies, or maybe for us in today's terms, it, what he could have been doing was. Uh, he was trying to expand his influence a little bit. He could be out there saying, you know what, this opportunity to help establish my name a little bit. Maybe people don't know who I am. I can establish a name for myself. And this is what I know. All of those things are good things. But how many of you know that sometimes the good things aren't God things, right? That sometimes you and I, we can settle for just good things in our life. But they're not necessarily God things. And so I want us to write this down, that we can be distracted by good things but they may not be God things. We're distracted. And I'll just be honest. Let's be real. Your boy is ADHD, okay? If you haven't told already, just hang out for a few more minutes, and you'll, you'll definitely be able to know that. I, I don't know about you, but I think we live in an ADHD culture, right? In the fact, or ADD culture, in the fact that we are distracted by everything. Is that there's so many things pulling for your and my attention. Our phones are dinging all day. And, and, and Allie and I, that's one thing that, that, that she looks at me and says, Dust, every time I see you right now, you're on your phone. You know why? It's I'm distracted from what I should be doing. We live in a world that is distracted, right? And they're not necessarily bad things that we're distracted by. Not necessarily terrible things that we're always distracted by. They may be good things, but are they God things? Are they the things of God. And so I, I just started thinking about it. I started thinking about my life and just where I am and started thinking about you and just thinking through this idea of, of the fact is that we're really great at doing things that don't last, aren't we? You know what? We're really great. I'm really great at doing things that don't necessarily last. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be known for doing great things that just last for a few, little bit or, or good things and just last for a little while. I want to be known for the things of God that last for eternity. I want to be known for the character things. I want to be known for the long-lasting things, the things that are here far beyond my last breath. That's what I want us to be known for. That's what I want our church to be known for. That's what I want us to be about. And so, again, I think this idea that we have to get in our spirit, we have to understand Understand is that if the enemy cannot destroy you, he will try to distract you. He'll try to distract you. So Nehemiah is asked by his enemies, hey, stop doing the work of the Lord. Come down and meet with us. And Nehemiah realizes that they're trying to harm him. They're trying to take him off of the very thing that God had called him to do. And you know what Nehemiah said? No. Come on, shout it out at like you mean it. Somebody just say the word no. That wasn't very good. It didn't convince me a whole lot. Uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel, in our, in our weird study, he did it like this. I really liked it. Uh, come on, everybody turn your head to the right like this. Everybody, it's all skate. Everybody, you got to participate, okay? All right? Everybody on the skating rink floor, okay? Turn it to the right. This is your right. So we're going like this, and then go like this. No. Okay, on three. Ready? We're going to try it together. Ready? One, two, three. No. I like that. That's good. Some of you need to figure that out in your life. You know why? Nehemiah did it. They're trying to meet him. They're trying to pull him down off the wall, off the things of God. And not just one time they asked him, not just two times, not just three times, not just four times, but five times total, they're trying to pull Nehemiah off of the very thing that God had called him to do. It says it in verse 4. Four more times they sent the same message, and each time I gave them the same reply. You know what that reply was? Come on, here we go. One, 
Oh, let me, I'm sorry. I, I, gotta, I, gotta, I can't see you, so I'm trying to figure you out. Okay, ready? Everybody's face this way on three. One, two, three. No. That's the answer. I think even our, our, our kids, right, we, we, uh, we got two little twin girls that are different sizes for sure. You'll see it in this video. Uh, but I think they even know the, uh, the idea of this word called no. Watch this video. No, 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 come on, somebody, you see that? They, I was teaching them to the right, left, no, right? They say, no, 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 I think some of us need to get the spirit of Everly and Elsie, our little girls, and the spirit of Nehemiah, and we need to start saying no to some things that may be good, but they're not the God things, because sometimes the most godly thing that you can do is say no. I'm going to challenge us with that, and I'm not saying it to be mean, I'm not saying it that we got to be rude in that, I'm saying that, you know what, what happens so many times, we have to say no sometimes to ourselves, right? I got to say no sometimes to the pleasure that I think is going to provide for me, I got to say, you know what, right to left, no, right? I got to say no, I got to be like Nehemiah, okay, people are trying to distract you from the thing that God has called you to do, and you know what you got to get in your spirit? You got to get in the spirit, this sense of no, I can't come down, I can't do that, even Jesus himself uh, the, the, the Savior of the world even had a chance to say no. Oftentimes, Jesus said no. Like if you read in the book of Mark, Mark uh, chapter 1, Jesus is healing a crowd. He's in a crowd full of people. And all of a sudden, we see this idea that, that Jesus knew that his purpose on earth was not just to provide physical healing. It was to provide a spiritual healing, right? He was to, be the, 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 he was to build the ministry that God had called him to do about preaching God's kingdom because he knew he had a limited amount of time, and he wasn't allowed just to stay and didn't have time to stay in one town. Sometimes he would have to leave the physical need in order that he could go to the nearby villages and preach and fulfill the very purpose that God had called him to do, which was salvation for the entire world. He wasn't being mean. He was being smart. And, and again, I think about it too where he said no to a lot of times to the disciples. Hey, disciples saying, hey, there's a lot of people coming. Once you get in the boat, we'll try and go to the other side. What does Jesus say? No, 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 no. You guys go ahead. I'm going to withdraw and I'm going to talk to the Father. Jesus himself even said no. Sometimes one of the godliest things that you can do is say no. We don't say no because we don't care. We say no because we really do believe that God has called us to do something of impact, of eternal impact. We say no to the good things so that we can say yes to the God things. Come on, somebody, right? That's what we're called to do. No, I I can't come down. I'm rebuilding the wall. And we get to verse 5. It says the fifth time. Watch what happens. The fifth time Sam Ballot's servant came with an open letter in his hand. And he said, this is what he said. It says, there is a rumor. Come on, somebody say, uh-oh. Uh-oh, there's a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem, Geshem tells me it is true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that's why you're building the wall. According to his reports, you plan on being their king. Now think about this. Does this sound familiar to anybody's life, right? Again, if, you, if they can't destroy you, they're going to try and distract you. Hey, there's a rumor, and this is what I want to challenge us with today is this idea that you and I, we can't let the words of people distract us from doing the will of God. 
right? Don't let the words of people pull you away from what God has called you to do. Let's take a stand today and say, you know what? I'm not going to let somebody else's opinion of me take away the calling that God has on me. Let's be people that stand and say, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to worry about, I'm going to worry more about what's true about me than what's said about me, right? Don't let them pull you away. And let me encourage you, you will never do big things if you're distracted by small-minded people. I'm going to say it again. You'll never do big things if you're distracted by small-minded people. I'm going to challenge you. you got to learn to say no, and you got to let that conviction that God has on the inside of you be louder than any other voices that are coming at you from every other area. And there's a rumor. Watch what Nehemiah's reply is. And Kyle, if you don't mind, that would be awesome. Coming up. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 8. This is what Nehemiah says. He says, I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. Mm, mm, mm. All right, right. You are making the whole thing up. Right? Nehemiah just says, hey, you know what? You, you think there's a room. You're making this whole thing up. They were trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. Watch what happens. And so he says this, so I continued the work with even greater determination. So I love that. Instead of the opposition discouraging Nehemiah from the things of God, you know what he did? He said, you know what? I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm actually going to re-up in this battle. I'm actually going to re-up in building the wall. I'm actually going to re-up and say, you know what? I'm going to work even harder to honor the name of Jesus. I'm going to work even smarter to honor the name of God. And how many times have we, and this is just, I I, want to preach to you and encourage you challenge you how many times have we in the face of opposition how many times have we given in or given up on the things that God has called us to that we know God has called us to do how many times have we just said oh man maybe they're right and you know what they're doing you know what's happening it's distracting you from the very purpose that God has called you in this life he's called you to go and make a difference and as you keep reading the next few verses I want you to know that Sam Ballot and Tobiah and Geshem and some other people start showing up, and they don't stop. doesn't stop. They try and taunt. They try and threaten. They try to discourage. They try to scare, and they try to distract Nehemiah even more. But he kept going back to that statement that was in uh, verse number 3 that we just read at the beginning of service. I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come down. I can't come down. Why would I stop working? to come and meet you. He went back to that reply every time. I'm, in, I, I'm, I'm engaged in a great work. I'm not coming down. So this is what I, wanted, I want you to write down. And I think you need to get this on the inside of you. I think you need to get this in your gut, in your spirit. Like let this be the words that come out of your heart this week. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. There's something that God created me to do, put me in the exact place at the exact right time with the right king. This is Nehemiah, who granted me permission and provision to go and fulfill the purpose that God had in front of me and inspire the right people to do something that will outlast me. This isn't a mediocre work. This isn't work. This isn't even a good work. It is a great work that God has called me to do. And Nehemiah sends the message to 
to the people out there and says, I'm doing a good, I'm I'm not doing a good work, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. I can't be bothered by your opinion. I'm doing a great work. I'm not trying to do something that impresses other people. I'm trying to do something that is important to God. I'm not trying to do something that's popular with people around. I'm trying to be like Galatians 1.10 and I want to fulfill the purpose that God has called me to live in. I'm not trying to do something that's temporary. I'm called to build something that lasts. I'm not backing down. I'm not coming down. I'm not stepping aside and I'm not taking off my eyes off of that I am doing a great work. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise all over this place. And let me turn that to you. You know why? Maybe you're a mom. Maybe you're a single mom out there. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, is this worth it? I'm so tempted to give up. I'm so tempted to be done. And I would just challenge you. I would just encourage you. Listen, get this in your spirit. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. You know why, Mom? Keep going. It's just a season for you. It's just a moment in time. And when you invest in in that boy or that girl, your kids, as that single mom, years down the road, they're going to come back and say, Mom, thank you for loving me. Thank you for bringing me to church. Thank you for bringing me up in the way of the Lord. Don't give up. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. Maybe you've been serving in Purpose Youth or purpose kids, and there's that one kid that just crawls under your skin. Come on, somebody, we can call it like it is, okay? And you just think, God could never change them. Man, I've tried, I've prayed, I'm still praying. Man, there's no, I, I just don't know if they can be reached with the gospel. You know what my heart is for you? Keep serving, keep giving. Don't come down. You're doing a great work. You're investing in the next generation that's going to be leading this church one day. Do not give up. Do not back down. Do not give in. Maybe you're trying to pay off debt. You're paying debt so that you can be free of debt so that you can honor God, continue to honor God with a generous life. And I just think it's so important that you're thinking, oh my gosh, dollar after dollar, is this even making a difference? There's no way this, let me encourage you, I can't come down, I'm doing the good work. That God wants to do something with you and your finances, that if you would honor Him, He will continue to bless you and believe that God is going to do more with 90% or even less than that of you than, than, than you could with all 100%, that you just keep doing what you're doing. I'm doing a great work, I can't come down. Maybe for you it's living a godly life. And for some of us in the room, it feels like it. Let's just be honest that we take one step forward and we take two steps back, right? Sometimes, man, I'm just trying. I'm trying as hard as I can, God, to run after you. But there's voices of discouragement and there's there's spiritual opposition. There's people laughing at me. But I just want to challenge some of you that you got to get this in your spirit. I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work. This is a calling. This is a burden. This is something that I cannot shake. I'm doing what God has put on the inside of me. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. I'm doing the thing that God has called me to do with my entire life. And I think about that, and I think about you, and I think about that statement. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. And you know what that reminds me of? Nehemiah said that. But you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Jesus.
think about Jesus. I think about Matthew 27 says that when he was on the cross, people were passing by, shouting abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. said look at you now said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days well then if you are the son of God save yourself and come down from the cross the leading priests the teachers of religious law the elders also mocked Jesus he saved others they scoffed but he can't even save himself so he's the king of Israel is he Let him come down from the cross right now, and we'll believe him. But you know what our Savior said? He said, there's somebody like Dustin McLean that's out there. And you know what Jesus said? He said, I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. I'm dying for their sins. Giving them a second chance. I want them in my family. I'm changing their eternity. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. And today, Jesus wants to do a great work on the inside of you. If you would just let him. So all across this room, if you would just stand to your feet. Just if you bow your heads and close your eyes. Just want to take a moment and just tell you that Everything is a pointer to Jesus. This whole book of Nehemiah, this whole thing built to last, Jesus is the reason why. And I believe that Jesus wants to do a great work on the inside of you. He's already done the great work on the cross. Man, he wants to do a great work on the inside of you. I get emotional thinking about it. You know why? Because I was so far from God. And he had me on his mind to say, you know what, Dustin? I can't come down. Because i got a plan for you. Can't come down. I'm not giving up. He could have called 10,000 angels down, it says. Take him off the cross. Wipe everything out. But he didn't. You know why? Because he said, I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. And I believe he wants to do a work on the inside of you today. Maybe you're in this room. If you bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're in this room and you say, I, I need Jesus. I need to accept Jesus. I, I just, I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much. And the reason why he couldn't come down was because of you, because of me. He was willing to give his life for us. And he said, I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. I'm forgiving their sins if they would just repent. I, I'm giving them eternal life if they'll just believe in me. And I'm so grateful for Jesus. I'm so grateful for that. Maybe you're in this room today and you need to say yes to that relationship with Jesus that you never have. Maybe you're even watching online or listening on the podcast. Here's my heart for you is that today would be that day. And man, you get that great work on the inside of you. Man, you get that forgiveness on the inside of you. And it propels you to do more for the gospel and for Jesus than you ever thought possible. And maybe you're in here and you need to say yes to a relationship with Jesus today. If you would just pray something like this. But I want you to mean it on the inside. Don't just mumble some words. I want you to mean it. And just say, dear Jesus. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that my sin had separated me from you. But thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
Thank you for giving your life for me. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. And I want to live from this day forward for you for the rest of my life. Maybe that's you. And you're in this place and you just prayed to receive Jesus. I just want to tell you that we're a church that parties. We're a part of the church that celebrates. The fact that you just said yes to Jesus is the best decision you'll ever make in your life. We want to be a church that's always geared towards just going after people that are far from God, that, that may not even realize it, but man, that you just stepped into a, an eternal relationship with Jesus, and we are so stinking excited. And we want to be a church that follows up with you. We want to be a church that builds a relationship with you. So in just right now, I'm actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask our team to begin to move, but if you just pray to receive Jesus, would you move to my right wall, your left wall? we got some people that would love to pray with you, love to celebrate with you, love to give you a Bible. Our team is moving, so don't feel like you're the only one that's moving. And we celebrate that. We honor that. We're so glad that you're making that decision. If you're watching online, if you would just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I love that. I love that people are moving. I believe Jesus is setting people free. I believe Jesus is saving people. This is what I want us to do, Purpose Church. Would you raise your head, head and would you put your hands together and thank God for Jesus in this place. Come on, y'all can get louder than that for King Jesus. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus all over this house. Yeah, I love that. I love that. In just a second, I'll just tell you, we're going to take up our legacy offering and our regular tithes and offerings. And if you call Purpose Church home, if you need to get prepared for that, I want you to do that. But I also want to do something just for a second and just kind of go back to Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. This is where we started the, uh, the, the entire series off with. Nehemiah 6, 15 through 16. I promised you that we'd get there. We just had some weeks to walk through it together, right? Nehemiah 6, 15 says, So on October 2nd, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. I want you to understand, 52 days, there wasn't like fire from heaven. There wasn't like a, a talking donkey. There wasn't a splitting of the Red Sea. There wasn't legions of angels that just poured in help. You know what it was? It was an ordinary man with an incredible vision along some obedient people with the help of our God. And that wall was built. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Purpose Church right? Because guess what I want you guys to understand? I am just an ordinary dude, but I feel like we've been given an extraordinary vision to go out and connect people to Jesus and make an impact for eternity all across Callaway County, all across Kentucky, all across this world and this nation. And guess what? It's going to be alongside some obedient people and with the help of our God. And so I just think we're not building an organization for somebody to join. We're building a family for somebody to belong to. To. We're building a home where you are loved, and we are building a hospital where you can find healing. If anybody in this room believes that this is what we're called to do, can we give Jesus a big old shout of praise all across this place? Because this is my heart. It's time to continue to build something that lasts. 
And in just a second, we're going to sing. And I want you to lift the roof up off this place as we sing. Because this is not going to be built by us. It's only going to be built with the help of our God. So come on, let's worship. Jesus, we thank you so much for today. We honor you. We love you. We thank you for what you've done. You're an incredible God, King Jesus. We lift this up to you. We take up our tithes and offerings and our legacy offering, believing that you are going to do more than we could ask or imagine. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give Jesus one big ovation of worship and let's worship together. Come on. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.